0: As I was saying last week, Jason, we got some really good news. We did. Uh, We are able to start our in person services in just a few weeks' time. (laughs) Woohoo! Sunday, the 6th of June, that's only five weeks, back at Overton Grange School. And all of that is going to take some planning around social distancing and safety, and of course, figuring out how we move into the end of June when social distancing might have stopped. So to do all of this, we need to recruit some teams, so uh, we need to restart in-person services with a lot of people that can help us. We need you. Have you heard that phrase before? Uh, Click I'm in on the app and uh, click anything you're interested in that will help make our services possible going forward. We would love you just to look at the app right now and say, yeah, I can help with that. Great. So, um, I was supposed to just do this few seconds with Beth today, and then go into Psalm 73, which was the talk schedule for today, but instead, as I was getting ready and to talk about in-person services, I felt God give me something to share. So I'm going to share that with you now instead of Psalm 73, and we'll come back to Psalm 73 another time. Can I go now? Yes. Bye. You can go. <laughs> So, uh, if you've got a Bible, we're going to be looking at Exodus 33, verse 13, Esther 4, verse 14, Matthew, Malachi 3, verse 10 to 11, and Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. And what I really want to share with you is a word from the Lord. I guess that's the best I can say about what's at stake as we go back to our in-person services. So, uh, let's pray together. Lord, uh, be with us as we look at your word, as we... Center ourselves in what you are doing in history, and the roadmap that you have for us, your purposes for us, and your blessing for us. Amen. So Exodus thirty-three, verse thirteen. Uh, this is Moses and with God's people, and the Exodus has happened, and, uh, and they've been through a great deal, and they're about to press on into some other things that God's calling them to. And uh, it's a beautiful passage where Moses goes before the Lord and beyond the immensity of all of the logistics and all the planning. And I tell you what, you might not see it, but behind the scene, what it just takes to be here in this room. It's taken so much work and everything that we do in the church with COVID, so much planning, so many logistics. And this passage has been one that I have been praying and God drew my attention to. And Moses goes before the Lord and with all the things he could ask, your money, resources, experts, project managers, planning, and no, Moses focuses on one thing. And he says, um, I think it's verse 13, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah if you're pleased with me, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favour with you, remember that this nation is your people and the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest and then verse 15 Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us don't send us up from here and you know what, that's what this comes down to Lord, if your presence presence after Covid doesn't go with us from online, where you are now If your presence doesn't go with us, there's no point going anywhere. So that's the first thing I wanted to share with you. Why our in-person services, they're more than planning and logistics and signing up for teams. There is something at stake as we return to in-person meetings. And they're about the presence of God and our experience with him. Now, you and I know instinctively the roadmap out of COVID. How many of you have been looking that up and then forget and go, what date does what happen? You actually don't really care about May the 17th. It's just a date, isn't it? What you really care about is, what can I do now? Who can I meet with? Where can I connect with people? What would be different? It's what's possible. And we have this deep longing, don't we, to be connected, to eat, to share, to have our hair done and our nails done. There's been much joy in my house and my family about hair and nails. And we want to be remembered. The word remember literally means to be remembered to, joined to. We want to be remembered to family and friends and loved ones. I've got friends I haven't seen for years who because of COVID have gone, why have we never met up for years? That desire is not just to meet my daughter who's half a mile away, but we're gonna drive across country and reconnect with friends who we could have connected with before COVID. We know that sense of connection and belonging that we're desperate for. And you know what? It's the same with the body of Christ. It's the same with the body of Jesus. Hugs, laughter, touch, tears, smiles, all the things that we have with proximity and presence. And it's why the church in history risked gathering together despite torture and persecution because of what it meant to be together And that's why we're restarting our in-person services. Not just because we can, not because we have a roadmap with planning and events, but we're meeting in person to worship our Creator, to receive His Word, gather as His people, and ask for His presence to come upon us and go with us. And He'll bring healing and deliverance and hope and faith and freedom. So when we say to you, please click the I'm in, you're not just clicking to sign up, I'm in on a rotor. Who gives a monkey's about that? Nobody. What you're really doing is signing, clicking as an act of worship and saying, I'm in. I want the presence of God to go with us. Second thing about vision. Second of three. I think I held up four fingers then, didn't I? Second of, <laughs> second of three. Esther 4 verse 14 some of you will know this story and this verse in particular has been used throughout uh, history and and church history Um, and uh, there's a story we haven't got time for the story of Esther and Mordecai but Mordecai speaking to Esther if you remain silent at this time relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place but you you and your father's family will perish and who knows But you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. This little phrase, for such a time as this, has been used from this context through history to mean something far beyond this story. In this story, Esther is in a position and Mordecai reminds her and says, do you know what? If you don't participate in what God's doing, he'll do it with somebody else. He will. But you will miss out on this yourself. But maybe... God has you where you are right now for such a time as this and that phrase came to mind as I was praying that we are at a particular time. We are not at a time in history where God is confused that the pandemic happened. We are not at a time in history where Boris Johnson is in control of our lives or various professors on the TV. It can feel like it sometimes. But something else is at stake about this moment and time for such a time as this. What is God inviting us into? Many of you will know it's just over 100 years since the last pandemic, a flu. It was called the Spanish flu. That's the last time our global world was shut down and churches were not able to meet in person. And one of the things that we can do is we can look back. They didn't have the internet then, but we can look back and I have. What did God's people do then when they couldn't meet in person to continue to be God's people? And you know what? It's quite staggering what the Christians did at the time. They printed up their Sunday talks. And delivered them to people's houses in the church so they could continue to, to listen to what God might be saying to them. They printed up Bible study notes and families started to do Bible studies together in their homes in ways they'd never done before. And they continued to give and care for the poor because they knew, like we always have said, that our church is more than a Sunday service. But it's a very important part of what we do. And you know what? This last year, I'm going to say it again, it has been staggering what we have done together as a church in this last year. If you pull up the app on your phone and flick through it and see the things that we have done as God's people for his mission and his kingdom, doing our Sundays here online, our small groups with more people than ever taking part in them, All our community projects and ministry to the poor, we have continued to do. They've had to be different and change, and that took a lot of work. We have given more money away as a church than we have ever done before, and done that in mission and opportunity and ministry to the poor. And then we have so many new things our bereavement group, our we have the well-being group that's just started. The things we're doing with Hong Kongers arriving in Sutton. Powerful conversations, prayer, prophecy, flourish, women's things. That's what we have been doing with God and the Holy Spirit just these last few months. And you know what? God sees that. He sees that moment and he's like in 1918 he saw his church. This moment of our in-person services is more than a decision about will I go back and when and will I be involved. It is so far above that and bigger than that. It's a moment in history that other people are going to look back on. I've thought about this and thought about when one day I'm, I'm looking forward to having grandchildren and I'm looking forward to them having a faith and I'm looking forward to them saying, "Granddad, what was it like, the great pandemic of 2020? And i'll tell them all those things i told you and i'll tell them what the church did and i'll tell them what disciples and followers of jesus did together and at this moment grandad what was it like when covid finished oh it was glorious god's people gathered together heaven was open the spirit was poured out people came to faith the investment that god's people had made In their disconnection, God blessed and watered. And it's a moment in history that will never happen again, I hope, in my lifetime. It's too late afterwards. It's too late to say, I'll get back to what God's doing after the pandemic and everything else is sorted out. It doesn't work like that. That's what Mordecai was saying to Esther. Make your choice now. Participate with God or you will miss out on it. This is the moment for such a time as this so again on your app that button that says i'm in is not a rotor and deciding when you're just going to help out it's this it's i'm in god to take part in this moment in history that will never happen again i'm in third thing i shared a word at the beginning of um down when it first happened a very strong prophetic word I've returned to it many times Um, it's been listened to and shared by lots of my friends and other pastors that I know around the world and it was my best listening and it sustained me as I've prayed and it was about a backdraft and the passage I want to read to you is Malachi 3 verse 10 to 11. Now this passage is specifically about giving but it's also I've also felt God highlight this it's more about than just money um so verse 10 bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house test me in this says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it um other translations the word there says floodgate but many of you will know the other translations if you've had read any like the ESV or the NLT say God talk about opening the windows of heaven but basically in the original language there in the Aramaic it's the idea that God says if we you and I at the most testing of times in history trust God Give him our money. Give him our time. Give him our service. He promises, he says, test me. I will open the windows of heaven, the floodgates of heaven, the windows of heaven, and I will bless you. Now that metaphor... Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, this word and picture that I had that I felt God gave me was the idea of a backdraft, and, and look, you can look this up on Google and see how it happens. If there is a fire in a room that has all the doors and windows closed, eventually all the oxygen is used up in the room. But the fire doesn't go out completely. Everything starts to smolder and it actually becomes superheated. Firemen know that one of the most dangerous things that they do, you've probably seen it in the movies, and they'll put their hand on the doors or the handles just in the movies. And it's like, because they can tell if the room is in danger because it's superheated. Because the most dangerous thing to do then is to let air in. Because that superheated room suddenly will not just burst back into fire, but it literally explodes. Woof! Have a Google on YouTube and look up backdrafts. It's a dramatic. And I, the word I felt was I felt God said that He was going to let the devil for a while close the doors and the windows of the church as He tried to suffocate it. And He has been. Some of you, maybe the feeling you've got like is, I'm I'm on my last breath. (gasps) How long? Some of your friends, maybe you feel like they have suffocated in their faith. But the church has been superheating, ready for God to open the windows of heaven and let the air in and a rapid explosion to take place. So June the 6th, I don't know what you'll be doing on June the 6th, but I'm not signing up to be on a rotor and turn up at a school, I'm going to go to Overton Grange to open the windows of heaven and let the air in, let the oxygen in. What does that, so uh, for you, again, on the app, if you click I'm in, you're clicking, I want to open the windows of heaven, it's like a remote control for it, Lord, I'm in, open the windows of heaven, press it, Bluetooth it to Overton, open it. Instead of going, am I going to volunteer? Aren't I? Maybe it works like this. Acts of service, as Malachi told us, acts of giving are what open the windows of heaven and God says, test me. God doesn't say, wait till it's all over. Test me this summer and see what I do. So if you sign up to be on the welcome team, you're not on the welcome team. In fact, every time you open that door and let people in, You are letting in the oxygen of heaven. Set up and set down, team. You might think, well, I'm putting staging up and I'm putting chairs out in the hall. No, you're opening the windows of heaven. Every chair that you put down, pray that the oxygen of heaven would fall upon it and God would bless that person. That's what you'll be doing if you're putting out chairs on Sunday. AV and PA that we need to do this I mean you're literally opening windows of heaven so that people can hear the worship and see and participate what about our kids and youth which is going to take a big task to plan together and this one moves me to tears when we think what our children and our young people have been through this is the opportunity for them to remember and say do you know what Some of them are gonna remember more than others. Some go, I don't remember it at all. Some are gonna go, I remember it. But there might be a whole generation that say, I remember when the windows of heaven were opened over me. And I remember how my faith came alive and I remember my parents and I remember my church family and I remember a move of God when I was a child. Wouldn't that be something for the next generation to take forward? Not that they couldn't go shopping, not that they couldn't go on holiday, but they were part of and their family and their church family opened the windows of heaven. So, last passage to sum all this up. Acts 2, verses 1 to 2. Acts 2. So, the disciples after having been scattered and Jesus' death and his resurrection, and they're all thinking, what do we do? (laughs) And they did what Christians have done at every point in history. The ones that have wanted to meet with God, they have regrouped together and gathered together and prayed and said, God, what's next? What do you want to do? We are waiting for you. And in Acts 2, verses 1 to 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together at Overton Grange when suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole place that they were in. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going back to in-person services for. And I believe that God has something very, very special for us. The passages in scripture that say don't give up meeting together. The passages that talk about don't grow weary in doing good. The passages that say to run the race and keep pressing into what God has for us. We have been doing that this last year. And here's a word for some of you who are hanging on by your nails and maybe you haven't watched this for weeks. God has blessing for you. Whether you have been at the back of crossing over the Red Sea or whether you've been at the front and excited, this is for you. God has something special for us. And we can learn from the disciples. And we have this promise from God for his presence and power. Tongues of fire, again, again, A fire, the backdraft. God is good. He has favour for us, power for us, presence for us, healing for us, hope for us. So will you come and receive it yourself? And will you help or make available to others? So here's my summary for you. If you want to take the opportunity and experience this moment of what God is doing in history... Click, I'm in. If for such a time as this, you want to help God do what he has for others, click, I'm in. If you want to open the windows heaven into your world and our wider world, click, I'm in. And if you want to gather like the disciples after having been scattered and experienced Pentecost, click, I'm in. Amen.